Hello and welcome to the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. Well, before we begin today's episode, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a bad day? I mean, the worst day where everything just seemed to go wrong? What did you do? How did you feel? What did you say? Bad days come to everyone. You are not the only one who has ever had a bad day. In fact, in our last episode, we learned about a man named Job who had probably one of the worst days ever recorded. Job could have said all kinds of bad things about God. He could have cursed God and told God he would never speak to him again, but that's not what he did. He did not give up his faith in God, but that doesn't mean it was easy. That doesn't mean he didn't feel pain in his heart or grief over losing his children. Here's what Job said to his friends when they came to visit him. Why is light given to those in misery and life to the bitter of soul, whose way is hidden, whom God has hedged in? For sighing has become my daily food. My groans pour out like water. What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Friends, Job was suffering. He was in much pain. Thankfully, his friends were there to comfort him. Or were they? They too could not understand why such bad things had happened to Job. All his life, Job had been a righteous man, a godly man who feared the Lord and obeyed the Lord and worshiped the Lord. Everyone knew this. They also knew that God blesses the righteous and causes the righteous to prosper. Surely they thought God does not allow bad things to happen to the righteous. Or does he? They began to formulate thoughts that were wrong. They began to think that maybe Job was not so righteous after all, that maybe he had done something to deserve all the bad things that were happening to him. The only answer they could come up with for why these things had happened to Job was that he must have done something bad himself. Oh, true seekers, that's not the kind of comfort Job needed. And yet Eliphaz, one of the three friends that came to visit Job, spoke up first, and this is what he said. If someone ventures a word with you, will you be impatient? But who can keep from speaking? I think how you, Job, have instructed many, how you have strengthened feeble hands. Your words have supported those who stumbled. You have strengthened faltering knees. But now trouble comes to you, and you are discouraged. It strikes you and you are dismayed. Consider now who being innocent has ever perished. Where were the upright ever destroyed? As I have observed, those who plow evil and those who sow trouble will reap it. At the breath of God they perish. At the blast of his anger they are no more. Blessed is the one whom God corrects, Job. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Truth seekers, did you hear that? Eliphaz was telling Job to accept God's discipline like that of a child who has done something wrong and needs to be punished. God does discipline us, yes, and he corrects us when we've sinned. 
But Job had done nothing wrong. Job could hardly believe his ears. His very own friends were condemning him, telling him to repent and accept God's correction. But Job knew he had not sinned against God. He said to his friends, Now you have proved to be of no help. You see something dreadful and are afraid. Teach me and I will be quiet. Show me where I have been wrong. How painful are honest words, but what do your arguments prove? Do you mean to correct what I say and treat my desperate words as wind, as nothing? But now be so kind as to look at me. Would I lie to your face? Relent, do not be unjust. Reconsider, for my integrity is at stake. Is there any wickedness on my lips? No. Can my mouth not discern malice? I have not committed malice. And then Zophar the Namathite spoke up and his words were even harsher than those of Eliphaz. Are all of your words to go unanswered? Is this talker Job to be vindicated? Will your idle talk reduce others to silence? Will no one rebuke you? Yet if you devote your heart to God and stretch out your hands to him, if you put away the sin that is in your hand, Job, and allow no evil to dwell in your tent, then free of fault you will lift up your face. You will stand firm and without fear. You will surely forget your trouble if you will just repent of your sin, recalling it only as waters gone by. Life will then be brighter than noonday. Well, true seekers, Zophar's advice would have been true if Job had sinned. It would have been good advice to devote your heart to God, to put away the sin that is in your hand. But Job, he still held on to his integrity. He knew he was righteous before the Lord. And so Job said out loud, I have become a laughingstock to my friends, though I called on God and he answered, a mere laughingstock, though righteous and blameless. My eyes have seen all this. My ears have heard and understood it. Then Job turned to his friends and said, What you know, I also know. I am not inferior to you, but I desire to speak to the Almighty and to argue my case with God. You, however, smear me with lies. You are worthless physicians, all of you. If only you would be altogether silent. For you, that would be wisdom. I have heard many things like these. You are miserable comforters, all of you. Will your long-winded speeches never end? What ails you that you keep on arguing? I also could speak like you if you were in my place. I could make fine speeches against you and shake my head at you. But my mouth would encourage you. Comfort from my lips would bring you relief. So how can you console me or try to comfort me with your nonsense? Nothing is left of your answers but falsehood. And then... The third friend who had come to visit Job, Bildad the Shuhite, replied, When will you end these speeches? Be sensible and then we can talk. Why are we regarded as cattle and considered silly in your sight? You who tear yourself to pieces in your anger, is the earth to be abandoned for your sake? The lamp of a wicked man is snuffed out. The flame of his fire stops burning. Surely there is wickedness in you. Surely such is the dwelling of an evil man. Such is what happens to one who does not know God. Poor Job. In his pain and suffering, all his friends could do was compare him to a wicked man. That's the only way they could understand how such bad things could have happened to him. 
They thought that if Job would just repent of his wickedness that God might restore him and remove his suffering. But Job knew he was not a wicked man. Job knew he had walked faithfully before the Lord his whole life. He still could find no answer for why such suffering had come to him. Where was God? Would God answer him? Did God hear him? Would God come to Job's rescue? Here is what Job said. If only I knew where to find him. If only I could go to his dwelling. I would state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would find out what he would answer me and consider what he would say to me. Would he vigorously oppose me? No, he would not press charges against me. There the upright can establish their innocence before him, and there I would be delivered forever from my judge. But if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. But he knows me, and he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. My feet have closely followed his steps. I have kept to his way without turning aside. I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Friends, even though Job could not see God or know what he was doing, he still believed that God saw him and that God knew him and his way and that even in this test, he would come forth as gold. Then Job had one final word for his friends. As surely as God lives, who has denied me justice, the Almighty who has made my life bitter, as long as I have life within me, the breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not say anything wicked, and my tongue will not utter lies. I will never admit you are in the right. Till I die, I will not deny my integrity. I will maintain my innocence and never let go of it. My conscience will not reproach me as long as I live. And then, all of the sudden, out of the storm came a voice, not a voice of Job's friends, but the voice of the Lord. The Lord spoke to Job, and this is what he said. Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? Or what were its footing set? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness? When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place? When I said, this far you may come and no farther, here is where your proud waves halt? Have you ever given orders to the morning? Or shown the dawn its place? That it might take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it? The earth takes shape like clay under a seal. Its features stand out like those of a garment. The wicked are denied their light and their upraised arm is broken. Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of the deepest darkness? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. What is the way to the abode of light and where does darkness reside? Can you take them to their places? 
Do you know the paths to their dwellings? Surely you know, for you were already born. You have lived so many years. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of the hail, which I reserve for times of trouble, for days of war and battle? What is the way to the place where the lightning is dispersed or the place where the east winds are scattered over the earth? Who cuts a channel for the torrents of rain and a path for the thunderstorms to water a land where no one lives, an uninhabited desert, to satisfy a desolate wasteland and make it sprout with grass? Does the rain have a father? Who fathers the drops of dew? From whose womb comes the ice? Who gives birth to the frost from the heavens when the waters become hard as stone, when the surface of the deep is frozen? Can you bind the chains of Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? Do you know the laws of the heavens? Can you set up God's dominion over the earth? Can you raise your voice to the clouds and cover yourself with a flood of water? Do you send the lightning bolts on their way? Do they report to you and say, here we are? Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger of the lions when they crouch in their dens or lie in wait in the thicket? Who provides food for the raven when its young cry out to God and wander about for lack of food? Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Do you watch when the doe bears her fawn? Do you count the months till they bear? Do you know the time they give birth? They crouch down and bring forth their young. Who let the wild donkey go free? Who untied its ropes? I gave it the wasteland as its home, the salt flats as its habitat. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? Will it stay by your manger at night? Can you hold it to the furrow with a harness? Will it till the valleys behind you? Will you rely on it for its great strength? Will you leave your heavy work to it? The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. They cannot compare with the wings and feathers of the stork. She lay her eggs on the ground and lets them warm in the sand, unmindful that a foot may crush them. Do you give the horse its strength or clothe its neck with a flowing mane? Do you make it leap like a locust, striking terror with its proud snorting? It paws fiercely, rejoicing in its strength, and charges into the fray. It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. Does the hawk take flight by your wisdom and spread its wings toward the south? Does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? Where were you, Job? Answer me, if you can. Then Job answered the Lord, I, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer. Twice, but I will say no more. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now, Lord, my eyes have seen you. And with that, Job was silent before the Lord. He was in awe of the Lord's majesty and holiness and goodness and power. After the Lord had said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends because you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. 
So now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you, and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. You have not spoken the truth about me, as my servant Job has. So Job's three friends did what the Lord told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer on their behalf. And after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house. They comforted and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord had brought on him. And each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the second half of Job's life more than the first. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. After this, Job lived 140 years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. And so Job died, an old man and full of years. Dear Truth Seekers, the story of Job has many truths to be discovered about God. We learn from Job's life and his story that suffering comes to both the wicked and the righteous. Job was a righteous man. He had not done anything wrong, but suffering still came to him. As God's children, we will walk through suffering. But the amazing thing about God is that He never lets us walk alone, and He uses everything that happens to us for His glory if we will fully surrender to Him and trust Him. Here's the truth of the story. Bad things will happen to the wicked, and bad things will happen to the righteous. Do bad things happen when we make bad choices and do wrong things? Yes. But bad things can also come to us because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world that is full of sin, and so we will be affected by that. Even as we're following God and trusting Him and living our lives for His glory, because we live in a world full of sin, bad things will happen. But we can look forward to the day when Jesus will return and He will make all things new. There will be no more sin. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more suffering. This world is not our home. We are looking forward to a day when Jesus is coming back and he will make all things right. If we learn anything about God from this story of Job, it's that he is to be revered. He is God and we are not. We do not understand his ways. We were not there at creation to see his power on display. We are his creation. We are to serve him and trust him in all things, even when we don't understand. He does not owe us an explanation for why things happen the way they do. Did you notice that he never gave Job an explanation? He simply revealed himself to Job as King of Kings and Lord of Lords over all creation. He deserves our worship and our reverence and our praise in both the good and the bad times. Will you choose to praise God as Job did even in the midst of suffering? Will you choose to trust that God is good even when you don't see him? Will you believe that he sees you and he knows you and he knows your way? He will not let your foot slip. He will not let you stumble. He is there watching you, protecting you, looking out for you. He is a good God 
and he can be trusted and he does bless the righteous. He blesses the righteous as they put their faith and their trust in him. If you don't see things coming together just yet, keep waiting. Don't lose faith. Don't give up. Hold on. God is always working even when we can't see him. He's working all things together for good to them that love him. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, it can be found in the rest of the chapters of Job. Job chapters 3 all the way to chapter 42. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a good God. You are almighty. You are powerful. You are creator. You are king of kings and Lord of lords. We worship you. You deserve our worship. You deserve our praise. God, help us to keep our eyes on you, even when we don't understand. Lord God, even when we walk through hard times and suffering, help us to keep our eyes on you. We may not always see or understand, but you see us, God. You know the way that we take. And when we come forth, we will be as pure gold, Lord, as you refine us in the fire, God. You cause us to look more and more like you. God, help us to trust you in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the pain. God, you are molding us and shaping us to reflect you, to look more like you so that when we come out of the trials and when we come out of the testing, God, we will radiate you and your glory. We will reflect you to a world who needs to see you as they walk through their own suffering and pain. Help us to give them you. Help us to show them where true joy can be found only in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me today, True Seekers, and I look forward to our time together next week.